Hi, welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Alana here with Jamie. How's it going? It's going well. After just before I hit record, I had like an epic sneeze just to get it out of the way. <laughs> the best, like when you know that there's a huge sneeze coming and then it just comes out, it's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. My son, one of our kids was saying just the other day, do you know that feeling when you have to sneeze so bad and then it just won't come out? It's the worst. It's the worst feeling. So yeah. It Thank really you God is. for productive sneezes. That's right. That's right. And that our <laughs> eyeballs don't pop out of our heads when we do it. Ew, is that just a myth? Don't they say I that if you no did it, isn't that the thing that kids like to say, if you didn't I close your eyes when you sneeze, your eyeballs would. Yeah. I know it's basically impossible to not close your eyes, but yeah, I can't really see them exploding out. I'm, I think our bodies have, you know, more safeguards in place than just our eyelids that keep our eyes from falling out. I would like to think so. I would like to think so too. Well, today we are doing a coffee break, which are some of our, um, I don't want to say they're our most fun, but they're fun for us because they're just a little more relaxed where we get to chat back and forth about prayer questions that are on your mind. So what we have today, instead of one specific question, is we have a compilation of a few questions that have just kind of been piling up. Some of these kind of are left over from our episode about how to pray when you're making important decisions. And some, I know, at least for me, and I think one of them, even for you are like conversations that have come up with our kids. So today it's all about just common questions about prayer. Yep. And, uh, I think sometimes there are questions that we're kind of afraid to talk about because it feels like we should know. And Mm -hmm. just, I don't know. I just want to get it out there. There aren't any questions that are that are not okay to ask when it comes to prayer. Like, you know, there are things that are, um, I don't know, even things like, do I have to close my eyes when I pray? Like, or do Mm -hmm. I have to bow my head or have a certain position when I pray? You know, Mm -hmm. those are things that, um, that I don't know. I think that's okay to come, come with any kinds of questions you might have that, that might seem basic or might seem like you should know them already, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you can send us your questions or topics that you want to see covered at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions. And I think we're ready to just jump in. Where do you want to start, Jamie? Well, we had a couple left over from our, um, our episode about praying questions about making decisions or Mm -hmm. questions about decision-making. Um, we had a couple left over from that things about, is it okay to flip a coin or to open the Bible, Uh, not open the Bible. That was a different question. Is it okay to flip a coin or put a fleece out like Gideon Mm -hmm. did Mm -hmm. when you make a decision and when you're seeking God's will, because I know that there for a time, the flipping the coin was never super popular because that doesn't seem very spiritual. But when you say, I'm Although laying the old, a fleece, yeah, well, the casting yeah. of lots, right? Is in that the what Old you're Testament? Going? Yeah, they, they would cast lots, which as far as we know, was kind of similar to flipping a coin. We yeah. don't know exactly how it worked, but no, I think those are really good questions. So let's say that, I don't know, give me a hypothetical decision. Let's not do like, should I marry this person? Let's do... Um, Okay, let's say that you have the opportunity to have a surgery. It's not something that you absolutely need, but it might, you know, improve your quality of life and extend your health. Let's right? say so LASIK it's not- surgery, because actually yeah. this is mm-hmm. something I've been thinking about. And I've been thinking about yep. the pros and cons of LASIK surgery. Mm-hmm. I have extremely poor eyesight and I don't know the cost of it. I haven't gone into getting details, but for someone Mm -hmm. who has, maybe they'll say, okay, God, this is an elective surgery, but it would, in a case of an emergency, I would be able to see if I couldn't locate my glasses, this could be a safety thing. It could be a positive thing for my life, but there are risks. And only, Mm -hmm. you know, if there are risks that are going to cause blindness or (laughs) something, you know, so what is, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not as though one answer is more spiritual or godly. It's not as though one answer is sinful and the other isn't. And so let's say you've done some of the things that we've talked about a lot. You've prayed to see if God is giving you any kind of hunches or using your intuition. 
Um, you can use your logic, you know, if you are considering it and then you get the price tag and you're like, okay, I'm, I can't afford this. You know, there's your answer. Um, sometimes we can even, yeah, we can (laughs) look at circumstances. Like if you were to call up and be like, Hey, I'm a little bit interested. And they said, Oh, well, we can't see you until 2024 or we don't take your insurance. That's totally different than, yeah. And you know what? We just had an opening. Do you want to come in tomorrow? Like sometimes I think it's okay to look at your circumstances and what doors God is and isn't opening, but all of these things need to be taken together. Right. So let's say that you've weighed everything so far and you still don't have an answer. Is it okay to be like, okay, God, I'm going to flip the coin. If it's heads, I'm going to schedule the surgery. And if it's tails, I'm not going to schedule the surgery. My biggest, I don't want to say that God's never going to use that because I think God can use a lot of things. And I think that sometimes he might prompt you in that way. But my concern is I would never, I never want to put God in a position where I am treating him as though he must respond to me on my timeline and in my way. And that's what this feels a little bit like, right? Like God does not promise that he will give us a yes or no answer. If we pray and ask whether we should get LASIK surgery, you know, he, there are certain things that my opinion is God just allows us to make smart, wise choices. And when you get to something like flipping a coin, it can turn a tiny bit into like trying to like treat God like a parlor trick, you know, like I've got my magic eight ball up my sleeve and I can pull it out whenever I want. So all that to say, I don't think it's inherently wrong. I don't think it's inherently sinful in every case. I'm just not sure it's, if you're to the point where you've done all these other things and you still don't have an answer, my gut reaction would be that God is allowing you to make whatever decision you're going to make. And so the flipping the coin would kind of be um, unnecessary, right? Like an unnecessary last step. Yeah. You know, I um, will be really honest when I think I mentioned this maybe in our last conversation, when we were talking about making decisions, when, um, when my husband and I were trying to decide about schooling one of our kids, whether to homeschool, continue to homeschool him or put him in public school. Um, I think we came to, we prayed separately. We came back together. We had the opposite opinion, went back, prayed more, came back. We had flip-flopped. And at that point I was so frustrated and my husband too, that we, we literally were like, God, can we just flip a coin? Like, Mm -hmm. can we just flip a coin? It really seems like if you were that intent on us doing one thing or another, there would be clarity. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that happened that may have been part of it was after that rather than, and okay. So I did just kind of in half fun and half serious flip a coin. Right. And then I flipped it again and it was different. I was like, okay, best, you know, three out of four or whatever. (laughs) So there was, it wasn't like the coin magically stayed on one side. And so in that case, I did not feel led to flip a coin. I felt silly about it and kind of joking Mm -hmm. about it. I was in desperation looking for a sign, Mm -hmm. but, um, we decided to include our son in the process Mm -hmm. of prayer and adding him. We all came away after that time of prayer the next day with the same conclusion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that's not to say like, why wouldn't, you know, did God make us disagree so that we would include him? I don't know. I, I really don't know. But all I know is we are imperfect people. We hear from God imperfectly. Yeah. He's a perfect God. So, you know, in, in things where he absolutely like, we must do this. I, I think those things, um, when we're seeking him, we're, we're going to find him. I mean, it even says mm-hmm. you'll, you'll find me yeah. if you with all of your heart. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just wonder sometimes if it's just more about the journey itself. Yeah. Some of it is. And you know, so anyway, all of that to say, I do not necessarily think in, in a situation that, that flipping a coin is going to do anything more than any other kind of, um, I don't know, any other kind of 
determination method. But right. like you said, if you're if you're desperate or if you feel led to do something like that, I mean, God is such a merciful God. Mm-hmm. But um, but I I would not recommend it necessarily. Yeah, I wouldn't make that the go to for sure. I would absolutely not, because that is mm-hmm. that that takes away the work of the Holy Spirit in us. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the full in full word of God that we Mm -hmm. can look to in the old Testament. They didn't have that Gideon with his fleece didn't have those things. Yeah. I'm going to revise my answer just a tiny bit. And I'm going to say like, it's not sinful to flip a coin, but it's probably not wise, but it's okay to flip a coin just to make a decision. Right. And if we kind of strip the spirituality out of it, I like like, that. Like, here's the thing, like how many couples hate the, like, what do you want to watch tonight? Right? Like it can take 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And so sometimes like just doing something like flipping a coin can make your life easier because it's one fewer decision that you need to make or one less decision you need to make. And so like what that might look like is let's take something slightly more important than what movie are we going to watch, but not necessarily, you know, should I subject myself to this, you know, medical procedure, something in between there. Um, I don't know. Does my dog need to go to the vet? Okay. So you pray about it. You use your common sense. You listen to your intuition. You obviously, you know, if there's going to be a sinful answer or not, and Gimli's behind me whining that we're using him in his example, but then if you get to where you still haven't heard anything directly from God, my opinion is that means that God's just kind of going to be fine with whatever, right? If we're so scared about making a decision because we're afraid that one decision is going to be wrong and make God mad at us. And one decision is right. And it's going to mean that God can bless us. I think we're kind of missing the point for talking about sin versus not sin. Then sure. We need to not sin because we don't want to hurt our, our relationship with God. But when it comes to, should I wear a pink shirt or a blue shirt or things like that? Um, Sure. Go ahead and pray about it if you really want. But if you're not getting anything immediate, my opinion is then God's just giving you the blessing to just take a step forward and and do whatever. Um, Sometimes slipping a coin might help you make that decision, right? Like, let's say uh, your kids want to watch Pixar and you want to watch Marvel. And instead of trying to convince each other, you say, okay, let's just flip a coin, right? Like, is God in that coin flip? Absolutely. But does it mean that like, if the coin landed on heads, which means you're going to watch Marvel, that you would have sinned if you had actually watched Pixar? No, right? Like there are a lot of things that I think we have more freedom than some Christians recognize. As long as you're not sinning and as long as your heart is humble and open for God's to correct you, we have a lot of freedom in the choices that we do make. I love that. And I love when you clarified it like that, it totally made sense. Because if I'm looking at it as when I flip that coin, the Holy Spirit is indwelling that coin and I'm kind of, you know, being silly here, but, you know, and making it flip a certain direction. So therefore, if I flip it again, it's going to be that same heads or tails because God wants to make sure it always flips that correct way. I mean, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I knew that at the time. And I, that's why we didn't flip a coin to make our decision. But I love what you say. If you're not seeing a way forward that it's clearly black or white and a decision must be made mm-hmm. and you don't know any other way to choose then yeah. then as long as you're not being superstitious about it the exactly. one you know when you move on to the example of Gideon's fleece which if you didn't know mm-hmm. what that story was Gideon basically lays a fleece out and says okay um if it rains and the fleece remains dry then I don't even remember what he was laying the fleece out. It was about whether he was supposed to lead the army. Okay. And then, you know, so he it's, it rains and the fleece is dry and he's like, well, just to be sure, God, I please, you know, don't get mad at me, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it out. And if it's, that may have been the other order, but if it's totally dry, but the fleece is wet, then that's still the right thing. You know, it's this impossible Mm -hmm. thing that would not have been by nature, something that would have happened. And God, 
met him in his indecision and God did do that. Now I have known people to take it to a little bit of what I would probably consider an unhealthy extreme and say something like, well, I, um, I laid a fleece out and I told God that I will break up with my girlfriend if it's sunny out tomorrow when the forecast says it's supposed to rain or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like that. Or if I, if I meet a person in a green sweater at McDonald's, I'm going mm-hmm. to enroll in college in this certain, yeah. you know, I feel like those are, you are hmm, like, I think, I think it's superstition. I think you're, mm-hmm. you're becoming superstitious now. That isn't to say that I haven't seen God meet people in those kinds of things. Like I know a girl, when we were working with a youth group that was really seeking whether God was real or not. Mm -hmm. And she was reading the Bible in a park and she said, God, if you're real, I want to see a butterfly, make a butterfly fly past. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she saw a butterfly a a minute later. And she said, she felt like, and held on to that being God meeting her in her wanting to find him. And, and Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to say that those things may not happen, but if you make it a habit of doing that in every Mm -hmm. decision you make, you're pretty much like, you're not, you're not talking to God. You're waiting on an easy situation to happen. And that's kind of, to me, that's kind of defeating the purpose of, of cultivating a relationship with God. You're kind of making Mm -hmm. him into, what did you call it? Like, like a parlor trick, a parlor trick, super eight or magic eight ball or whatever those are a magic eight ball. And Mm -hmm. I think the point of making decisions or seeking God for his will for us is cultivating our relationship with him and learning to hear his voice in different ways, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, and, and recognizing how he works in our lives. So I think that kind of is a shortcut that again, maybe isn't sinful all the time, but I think it could become Mm -hmm. sinful and, and if not sinful, detrimental to our faith growth. For sure. Like, I think it would become sinful when you are putting demands on God, right? You must make it rain God or else that proves you don't love me. Like that's ridiculous. Um, it can also be, I could see some people using this. We've talked some about using prayer as an excuse to avoid actually obeying God, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, well, let me pray about that. Like, let's say that God is impressing on my heart through the Holy spirit that I am supposed to step up in this area at my church, Mm -hmm. but I don't really want to. And so I'm going to do the spiritual thing and say, well, I'm going to put out a fleece, but then I make the fleece something really ridiculous. Like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. If, and only if, when I get on and log on to zoom with Jamie on Friday afternoon, that she is drinking coffee from a purple cup and she has dyed the tips of her hair green and she has black um, eyeliner on, right? Like you could make it really, really extreme. Like, okay, God, well, I'm only going to do this. If you send an earthquake to such and such a place, like, no, that's, that's not how God works. So I think there absolutely needs to be some humility there. Like we can't force God to perform for us. Right. And that's sometimes how these fleeces feel. It's okay, God, if you want me to do this and I want you to do this really cool thing. And sometimes it's so that we can end up with a cool story that almost when you strip it down, sounds Mm. like, look what I made God do. I was so cool that I made God or yeah, I made God make Jamie dye the tips of her hair red. Aren't I amazing? (laughs) You know, that's kind of how it can turn into yeah, I can. By the way, your red that. tips look beautiful today. Thank you. I was hiding them in my ponytail. <laughs> I didn't want you to see. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of my thing. Now, let me tell you something interesting about flipping coins that I learned from my husband. He has a really we have one son who can get very indecisive. And so he just wants us to make the decision for him yes. because it's it stresses him out a lot because he's the kind of person who's so enthusiastic about everything. And I'm guessing you can already guess which kid I'm talking about, Jamie. He's so enthusiastic about everything that if it's an either or kind of question, he hates to make that decision Mm -hmm. because he just loves all the opportunities. And so he wants us to just tell him like, and, and they're little things. Should I 
should I buy a candy bar with my allowance or should I buy a Coke? <laughs> Even Our youngest like is exactly the mm-hmm. same way. And then when mm-hmm. the decision is made, there's regret and there's, <laughs> but what if uh-huh. maybe I should have done the other thing. And so we're trying to help him. Mm-hmm. We're not over-spiritualizing it. Like I don't, I'm not going to teach my kid. We'll just pray because God has one decision for you to make. And if you don't make it, you've made a cosmic mistake, but we want to teach him. Like eventually he's not going to be able to just rely on someone else to make his decision for him. So we've actually taught him the coin toss trick for that. And, and we do it in one of two ways. The way I do it is because I just don't want to continue the debate. I'm like, okay, if it's heads, you're getting the candy bar. If it's tails, you're getting the soda, go flip it. And that's it. Mm-hmm. The way my husband does it, which is actually really, really smart. He says, okay, let's flip a coin. He flips a coin and he will say, okay, this says um, that's heads. That means that you should get the soda instead of the candy bar. Does that disappoint you? And if it does, then he's allowed to change his mind. Do you know oh, what I mean? So, so basically it forces you into a decision and then mm-hmm. he's like, Ooh, yeah. how does that make me feel? Yeah. That's such a good, that's a great exercise. It is. And that so is sometimes such a good we exercise. Even do it, we'll even do it hypothetically. So we'll be like, okay, Ooh. let's say that you tossed a coin and it said that, you know, like, let's say he gets invited to two different birthday parties <laughs> or something, right? Okay. If I toss a coin and it says, you're going to go to party A, does that make you happy or disappointed? Um, and then of course him being him, he's like, well, it makes me disappointed, but the other one would make me disappointed too. So then we're just stuck right at the beginning, but something like that, you know, we make so many decisions all the time and it does drain our mental energy in ways that most of the time we don't realize. And so sometimes even things where you can cut out some of your decision-making needs, it can really save your mental energy and that can help you have more brain focus for prayer, right? Like that's why we've been doing all of our grocery shopping with just pickup because the stuff's right there in our cart. We don't need to walk down aisles saying, do I need this or do I need that? Because that's a ton. Should I get this brand or that brand? It's a ton of decision-making and those do add up. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be using that exercise for myself because I tend to be pretty indecisive and, mm-hmm. um, I like that idea of flipping mm-hmm. the coin and then I like the freedom to yeah, use then that decide, yeah. to reveal your heart and your exactly. desires to reveal yeah. your desires. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And it's so different because the people who would flip a coin in order to test God's will, um, would they would say that, okay, if it's heads and heads means that you're going to go to this person's birthday party and not that person's, then it means that if you end up changing your mind, like you have, you've sinned Mm -hmm. when again, there are so many decisions that we make in any given day that, that truly aren't, is this a sin or is this not a sin? Mm -hmm. It's just, and sometimes it's not even, is this a good choice or a bad choice? (laughs) Sometimes it's just, do I want to do this or do I want to do this? And a lot of the time, I think God's kind of happy allowing us to choose. Like, I don't feel the need to pray about which pants I wear. You know what I mean? Just because I know that I've got freedom in Christ and I trust that if for some reason that he really wants me in my jeans and not my swishy pants, that he'll let me know, you know, like that's kind of a silly example, but that's, that's how I choose to live as opposed to, Oh no, I hope because it, it can get so superstitious. It'll be, oh, well, if I wore my jeans, but God wanted me to wear my, my slacks, then maybe I'm going to get hit by a car on the way to work. Like we can, our brains can jump to those kinds of crisis scenarios. Mm-hmm. And again, it just reinforces that picture of God up there. Just so mad at you. Every time you make one of those little mistakes. Yeah. Well, that, I think that is, that's a really, Yeah. That, that, that's one really big, those, that's one big group of questions. I think that we, yeah. we do get, well, how about, uh, what about opening the Bible to a random verse to hear from God? That's sort of along the same line, yeah. but it's a different thing. It's not seeking God's will. It's I want wisdom. And right. I, I think we've probably all been there and you're <laughs> desperate to hear from God something, whether it's direction or encouragement or admonition or whatever. And Mm -hmm. so what do you think about just 
opening the Bible to random verse? I've got a lot of caveats, but to be honest, I think it's smarter than flipping a coin because, you know, God's word is living and active. And, you know, Jesus tells his disciples when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to bring my words to mind, right? Like he is going to remind you of all that I have spoken. Mm -hmm. So when, even if it's not like flipping to a random verse, which I want to address, even if it's just like a Bible verse pops into my head and through it, I believe God is telling me something very clear. Those I would pay a lot more attention to than just, oh, it's head. So I guess God wants me to wear my blue shirt and not my green one. Mm-hmm. Um, because God's word is living and active, it's used to convict us. It's used to guide us. And again, if the question is anything that involves, is this thing I'm about to do sin or not? The Bible is how we know if it's sin or not. So Mm -hmm. like we've talked a lot about the freedom that we have in our, in our Christian lives, but there are certain things that are sin and there are some things that are not sin. And if you're unclear on that, the Bible is what shows you the difference. So a, I think it's so much more important to be regularly in the word than to just pull it out when you need it. Right. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, faithful counseling. Let's face it. Life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to faithful counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy and financial aid is available. I recently started using Faithful Counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process, but I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be, so our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. B, I feel like, yeah, if, if you're getting promptings, like if you read a certain verse and you absolutely feel like through that verse, God is telling you something very specific to do, I would for sure take that to heart. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to apply every single verse exactly the way you want it to like (laughs) picture 12 year old me with my very first crush and it's this guy in youth group and I'm sitting in church and he's like in the corner of the room and I'm so aware that he's there, but I'm trying not to notice that he's there. And I open my verse or I open my Bible. And the first thing I I read is God is love. Like how easy is it going to be for me to be like, Oh, God's telling me that this boy loves me. Right. Mm -hmm. When no, that's just me having a crush, which is a natural part of growing up, but as adults, we all kind of know, like, no, that's not what that verse means. But of course, that's how you would interpret it. So I would for sure give promptings that come from scripture more credence, but we still need to recognize that our own sinful desires, our own inability to always hear God accurately 100% of the time are going to play in, you know? It could be super easy for me two years ago to read Psalm 91, where I think that's the one where it talks about like, um, you won't fear the terror of night or the plague that strikes in the day. Mm-hmm. It would be super easy for me two years ago to be like, okay, God's promised that I'm not going to catch COVID, <laughs> but no, that, that wasn't the promise <laughs> that our family caught COVID. Now he, he brought us through and restored us to health. And maybe I could say, okay, like, okay, here's an example. I think I've probably shared this before when uh, my son Silas was in the NICU and we weren't even sure if he was going to survive. I firmly believed that one of the verses from Psalms was meant for Silas. And it says, I will not die, but live and proclaim what the Lord has done. And that had a two-part promise in my opinion at the time, Silas was going to live 
And not only that, but he was going to be able to proclaim what God has done because mm-hmm. at that point, like, even if he had survived, people expected people in the medical establishment expected him to be very vegetative, like mm-hmm. super extreme cerebral palsy and tons of other issues. And so, yeah, I, I didn't go hunting for that verse. That verse kind of came to me. And I think that's probably if we need a litmus test, (laughs) the verses that you don't go hunting for are maybe more likely to be from God. Like it would have been a lot different if I was like, okay, I want to promise that my kid's not going to die. So let me, you know, do a Google search for verses about not dying. (laughs) Right. Um, So those are some of my caveats, but I want to hear your thoughts. And then we can talk specifically too about, okay, I have a decision to make. So I'm just going to randomly open the Bible and trust that God will speak to me like right then. Yeah. Well, I have a story about, I have multiple stories. I I do it. I wouldn't say often, but when, when I get to a point where I just want to hear from God, it, it doesn't have to be about a decision. It could just be God. I want to hear from you, you know, speak to me. And if I'm not already reading something that day or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, have a verse of the day or have a Bible study that I'm doing. There've been times when I've just been like, God, just speak to me and I'll open the Bible randomly. And sometimes I land in, you know, uh, some obscure, uh, passage in Deuteronomy about, you know, Mm -hmm. or genealogies or whatever, (laughs) you know, sometimes it's very clear that no matter how hard I try, that wasn't for me. And Mm -hmm. I take that just like I take anything else. Like, well, I guess that just wasn't where I was supposed to be reading. Let's find somewhere that I can read and and let's just take it in just, just Mm -hmm. to learn about who God is and what Mm -hmm. he says, not Mm -hmm. for anything he can give me out of it, but just so I can spend time in God's word. And that's okay. Those times Mm -hmm. are going to happen. There's one time in particular that I remember though, that I was, it was right after, um, I broke an engagement in college when I had thought for, you know, many months that we were going to be getting married. We had planned our whole wedding. We had had, I'd had a bridal shower, two bridal showers, and it turned out that we weren't getting married. And I came back after Thanksgiving break, just devastated because we were supposed to get married in January. And this is like, you know, yeah, November, late early December. And like I had to give the gifts back. I mean, it was yeah, just send uninvited. Yeah. It was just ugly. It was just ugly. Mm-hmm. But it was totally, I knew it was the right thing. Yeah. You know, we knew it was the right thing. But I was just in pain. You know, I was just I'm and sure. I remember sitting at the student union trying to study, not able to focus. And I just got my Bible out and I did that. I just said, God, mm-hmm. I, I need to hear from you. And I was literally crying, hoping no one would see me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I flipped to open the Bible and I, it, I opened it up to Isaiah 43 and verses 18 through 20 are still like, I would say my, you know, just verses that, that still I hold on to as just the hope of God. And it's Isaiah 43, 18 through 20, forget the former things do not dwell in the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Um, It was just 18 and 19. And I just felt like, you know, God was making a way in the desert. This was a wasteland of heartbreak. And, you know, it was just something that God, uh, I think God gave me hope through that verse that, that he was doing a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I can think of times in my life too, like, especially involving how Scott and I met where God did the same thing for me, you know, gave me like very specific verses, like at one point, and I don't think God does this regularly, but at one point I truly and honestly felt God telling me that in 60 days, Scott and I were going to be engaged. And there was like a date stamped to it. And what I ended up doing is I prayed and asked God because I was like, God, this, this feels very strange. This feels like something that I would have conjured up. (laughs) This feels like something that I invented because I am desperately wanting to marry this guy. So if this really is from you, can you kind of show me other times where you have given somebody a specific timeframe? Because 
like I said, it just, it, it felt so weird. Like we think about God as being very, very lofty. And we talk about him being like eternal and outside of time. So it just, it didn't feel, I wasn't convinced that he was the one who kind of came up with this time frame. I thought that my brain had just sort of invented a number mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be disappointed either. And it was like the next morning I was reading in Isaiah and, or no, I, I forget if I was reading in Isaiah or Daniel, either one, it was talking about the 70 year captivity and how God specifically gave the Israelites ahead of time knowledge that their captivity was going to be for 70 years. And again, that felt like confirmation. So I think that's always a smart one. If you are thinking that God's calling you to do something, I think praying for him to confirm it with his word is absolutely smart. But again, I think we need to be taking all these pieces together. Right. So let's say that you feel like God's calling you to start a church the next town over. And you say, God, will you please confirm this by your word? And the right doors open, other people confirm your intuition is still guiding you this way, but you haven't found like the verse to claim. I think it's, it's okay to look at all of these things, right? I don't mm. think we need to be like, well, God hasn't given me my verse yet. Cause again, I don't ever want to put God in a situation where he must answer any of my questions on my terms. Like I kind mm. of picture Job and at the end of Job where like Job is questioning God for these 48 chapters or however long it is. And at the end, like God shows up. And it's not gentle, (laughs) you know, like there's a very strong kind of terrifying rebuke. Like, who are you to make any demands of me in that? I truly believe there was love and grace as well, but there was this sense of like, I, so I don't ever want to be humbled to the extent that Job had to be humbled. I mean, like, who are you to tell me what I need to tell you when I need to tell you it? Yes. I think that's, and that's just it goes back to whatever we're doing, however we're going through life, mm-hmm. coming at it from a place of humility, a place of love for God, a place of surrender and relinquishment, and a mm-hmm. place of open-handed, I know I'm not perfect in hearing from you. So just guide exactly. me anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I just mm-hmm. don't know how we can go wrong there if yeah. that is how we kind of come at it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So going back to the original question, you're faced with the decision. So you just open it up randomly. Yes. No. Sometimes have, has it ever worked for you? Um, so going back to the homeschool versus public school, it uh-huh. wasn't a random verse because I have learned that usually just opening to a random verse. Okay. So <laughs> a, whenever I, whenever I open to a random verse, I never just read a verse. Like I, mm-hmm. I like reading the chapter just to keep smart. everything in context. And, you know, when I talked about the Isaiah chapter, that was a promise for Israel. That wasn't a promise for me, but I believed right. that God was using that same principle of right. you are my child. They are my children. Mm-hmm. I will take their wasteland and grow garden out of it. And I'll do the mm-hmm. same for you. But Um, But there are things that might not apply to us that we read and we're like, oh, that's a promise. And maybe it's not for us. So we have to make sure we're reading it right. But two, I knew that I wasn't going to just open up a random verse. And because I did feel like if I did that, there are many things I could read into one or two verses. So Mm -hmm. what I did, there's a book, um, Henry Blackaby's Experiencing God, Mm -hmm. that workbook. Um, I have it. And I I just wanted to, um, I just decided to read a chapter of it and work through the workbook Mm -hmm. and I didn't start at the beginning. I just kind of, I, I may have actually looked through to see topically, maybe it had to do with decision-making. I don't know, but, um, I mean, all of it kind of does, but, um, but I just, I found a chapter that seemed kind of relevant to what I was Mm -hmm. going through. I read his story. I read I read the verses and I answered the questions and it was so relevant. And it brought me to a very specific scripture. And it was Mm -hmm. when Jesus prayed for his disciples. And he said, God, I not asking that you would take them out of the world. I'm asking that you would protect them from the evil one. Mm -hmm. And as I read that, my heart 
stirred. And it was like that. And that doesn't mean that it was the Holy spirit, but I Mm -hmm. believe it was that Mm -hmm. there are times when you read something and the the verses jump off the page at you, or you hear something and you feel a stirring in your spirit. Like I've heard Mm -hmm. this a lot of times, but when I heard that, I was like, well, if Jesus who loved his disciples, he felt like, and actually before that, he was saying, I feel like I'm sending them as sheep among wolves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the time that was the feeling that I had. And I'm not yeah. saying all my kids are in public school right now. I don't feel like, uh, yeah, I do feel like they're sheep among wolves in many cases, actually. Well, and but, I think it's important to remind everyone, like this was God speaking to you specifically, it you was. know, it, it would have been wrong for you to take that one verse totally out of context and be it like, see, this is why it's wrong to homeschool your kids or right. something. Because we're mm-hmm. considering homeschooling one of our kids again, and we <laughs> have, will probably homeschool yeah. other kids. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it really, it's, it, I am, I, I think public school is great. And, and so, um, but anytime we send our kids out of a protective bubble, out of the realm of people that think and believe similarly to us, Mm -hmm. it feels like at some point that you're sending them out of that protective covering. But I just was like, if Jesus, he loved them, he's feeling that same way about them. Mm -hmm. And if he felt that way, but he's like, God, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, just protect them Mm -hmm. from the evil ones. So that's the Mm -hmm. picture that I have had yeah. Every time I think of my kids in, mm-hmm. in school or in any situation where they're out from under my roof and control, mm-hmm. um, is, is a bubble of protection, just the yeah. whole, and not in a bad way because yeah. they, they need to fail. Mm-hmm. They need to have experiences, but a, a bubble of whatever is your will to get in for them to yep. experience and nothing else. In, and <laughs> absolutely nothing else. Yeah. And that is my prayer. And that has been, yeah. So anyway, I feel like I did. Yes. I've, I've used that before, but I do shy away from just randomly opening, finding a verse that suits what you kind of want to hear. And because mm-hmm. at the time it really wasn't what I wanted to hear. I wanted him to stay home at that point in my whole thing. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that was the very last, that was, that was the day that all of us were praying and, and looking to scripture yeah. and coming back the next day. And so I felt like that was kind of the last time that God, uh, gave me a word. Yeah. I think the one time that I can remember really vividly that just opening up the Bible and boom, the answer was right there came to me, it was again, having to do with me and Scott, just kind of meeting and falling in love and deciding, should we pursue a relationship or not? And so we had known each other for maybe about two months in, you know, more of a non-romantic getting to know you kind of way. And then when it switched to romantic, it's like, it switched very quickly. And so I remember being just kind of scared because I didn't want to mess anything up. <laughs> and so there, there was a fear. There was a fear that like, okay, I was, I was back at that point of like one wrong thing. And then God's going to punish me by taking this relationship away or something like that. And so I was in college at the time and my friend said, well, you know, when I do that, I just open up the Bible and see what verse I open up to. <laughs> and I don't think I'd ever done that before. I, I knew of some people who had, but it felt a little gimmicky, but I did. And it was one of the Bibles with red letters. And the so the very first line that jumped out in the very first place I turned was Jesus saying, have courage. It is I do not be afraid. And at that point, what I took that to mean was stop freaking out. This is all from me. And it's it's all okay. You don't need to be scared of this kind of next stage in your relationship. So I don't think I was wrong to do it the way I did it. And I think God met me there. I, but again, I don't think it's the smartest thing to make a habit of doing all the time, because I think that we can read too much into it. Like if you needed me to, I could find a dozen verses right now where I could prove to you that God wanted me to homeschool my kids. Right? right. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if you go at it that way, you can, you can make the Bible say a lot of things that the Bible don't really say. And so I feel, I love what you do, which is reading everything in context. I think that's really important. Do you know the, the joke about the guy who plays Bible roulette? I know that's what some people call what we're talking no, about. Okay. No, no. 
All right. So I hope I can get this right. And if not, we'll do a take two. So <laughs> our listeners will hear it, right? <laughs> All right. So this guy is desperate to please God. And he's like, God, I just need you to, to show me what I am supposed to do. And so he says, okay, so I'm going to pray. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up my Bible and I am going to, um, I'm going to obey the very first verse that I see. And so he opens up his Bible and the verse is to the effect of like, and Cain took his brother Abel into the field and killed him. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, well, okay, God, I guess that, that must not have been, been you. So I'm going to close my Bible. Let's try it one more time. Okay. So God, I, I really want to obey your voice. I really want to do what you want me to do. So please show me that the very next verse I open up to and my eyes land on, just tell me what I'm meant to do. And so he opens it up. And he goes to uh, one of the gospels and the first verse that I see say, go and do likewise. <laughs> you know, so it's just, it's, it's like, it's a little, it can get way too gimmicky and it can be theologically dangerous. And probably sometimes it can go against your common sense. <laughs> so again, I think the biggest thing is like be in scripture regularly, mm-hmm. know what it says so that you can discern what's sin and what's not that's step one and then be in scripture regularly so that when god wants to speak to you about a certain issue he Uh can speak to you through that as opposed to i'm just going to open this up and and see now like when i need wisdom i often will just go to the proverbs and read them but it for me it's a little bit less of i'm going to find the one verse that's going to tell me the one thing that god needs me to do and it's more of It's kind of the difference between like going to the doctor because you have a broken bone right here that needs to be fixed and going to the doctor to get like a whole body checkup, right? Like I would rather get the, the opportunity for God to show me what he wants to show me as opposed to, again, trying to make God act like a circus puppy or something and do this one thing just because I have expected that of him. I think that's a really good way to put it. And just the, the idea of, you know, pick a Bible study and do it, or just read a book of the Bible and read a chapter a day or something where you Mm -hmm. are, because it's amazing how much does give you that feeling it, not mm-hmm. that you have to have a feeling, but give you that, like jump in your that spirit. Confirmation. Like, oh, yeah. That's, that's for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, listening to, to preaching, listening to people talking about scripture is also not that that is, that's a second secondary way to hear from it. And of course, not mm-hmm. everyone is preaching truth, but assuming you've got a, you know, theologically solid pastor preaching, you know, right, right. or just, yeah. So basically just hearing, being in God's word and hearing people talk about God's word are ways of like, I like the doctor analogy, kind of like Mm -hmm. staying like preventative maintenance rather than so that when you get to the point where Mm -hmm. you have a decision, you can be like, well, what's, what is God's character? Like what, you know, what do, yeah. What do I need to do? Not that even, you know, you could be in your Bible 24 hours a day and still have decisions to make that are unclear. Let me not right, like, make it should sound I like you're go not to sleep spiritual or not. enough. Right. <laughs> and the answer is yes. <laughs> right. But I mean, even if you're, you're a super devout Christian, you might yeah. come up on like, Oh, uh, here, should I, should I go to this college or this college yeah. or should I mm-hmm. change jobs or not? And like, you're going to have those things that you wrestle with and it doesn't, but it makes it easier to hear from God when you're regularly hearing yeah. And I think significantly smarter than just opening up the Bible and asking God to speak to you would be asking him to bring scriptures to mind or to show you in the course of your scripture reading his will for you. So it's not quite, I'm going to open a Bible and God, you're going to tell me the answer to this. It's more of like, God, just please speak to me through your word, whatever it is that you want to say to me. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was a fun topic. I'm glad we got to dissect that and yeah. chat about Bible roulette and casting lots. And <laughs> I like that Bible roulette. That's a good you know, one. And going back to, you know, casting lots, I know we've mentioned it, but I think it 
bears kind of mentioning it more than just in passing. Like God can also reveal his will to you through, um, through your circumstances. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to treat that as like super unspiritual or something. Um, so like the example with the LASIK surgery, you're trying to decide if you should do it or not. You realize you can't afford it. Okay. Well, there's, there's an answer. Or you realize you can't get an appointment. There's an answer. You realize that like the doctor's free tomorrow and the woman working behind the desk is someone you knew from high school. Like that can be okay. God might be using circumstances to open paths for you. And I think that's a smart thing to be praying for kind of regularly too. Um, we talked about like preemptive prayers, you know, yeah. I think that's a really good one. Like speak to me through my circumstances, but again, don't read too much into things. Like if I, I did this back when I, like we lived near Anchorage and had actual traffic lights, but it would be like, okay, if it's a green light, then that means this, if it's a red light, then that means that. And like, I never took it super seriously, but sometimes the light's just red. Sometimes the light's just green. So all that to say, like, don't make too much of your circumstances, but that is one more layer of how God might be speaking to you. Yep. I agree. Cool. Well, um, I don't think we have any like formal closings, but for people who have not heard, we have some new episodes up on the mindful Christian prayers podcast. So if you want to go basically wherever you're listening to this episode, you should be able to find mindful Christian prayers on that. Those are like, Oh yeah. I was just going to say, you can also go, we've set it up now. So you can go to prayingchristianwomen.com slash mindful to get to those also find the links. Yeah. Um, so those are, they're less like what we do here, which is talking about prayer and they're more like guided prayer meditation so that you can pray along with us. So anything else you wanted to add, Jamie? No, this is good. All right. Well, thanks everybody for being here and our prayer for you is that you will be in the word and guided by the word and always know God's will for you in your decisions that you're making. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show. And we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.